Hello and welcome to the first edition of the Common Sense American Podcast. My name is Nick and it is the week of October 7th, 2017. During this look at the upcoming week in Washington, we take a look at President Trump's proposed tax plan. Now let's try and make some sense out of this week. To begin, I would like to welcome you to the very first edition of the Common Sense American Podcast. On this program, my hope is to dispense with partisan politics in favor of common sense. I'll do this by examining both liberal and conservative sources in depth from a logical perspective in favor of a truly bipartisan answer to the questions that impact the average American. To start that off, this week we'll be looking at President Trump's proposed tax plan. Last week, President Trump traveled to the state of Indiana where he announced some details about his tax proposal. Note the use of the words, some details, because that will become more important later on. However, here are some things that we do know about the plan. Currently, the U.S. tax code has seven brackets. The President wishes to reduce that to either three or four. The highest brackets currently set to be capped at 35%, however, the administration is saying that that could change. The lowest bracket has a floor of 12%, and while administration officials are saying that could also be changed, I think it's safe to say it's highly unlikely that it would go any lower than that. All right, Those are the proposed brackets, supposedly, for President Trump's tax plan. Also in that proposal, the standard deduction for individuals would raise to $12,000, and married couples filing jointly would see their standard deduction raised to $24,000. The child tax credit would also be increased, although it's unclear by how much, and there's also a proposed credit for non-child dependents that is also unclear. As for small businesses, the tax rate would go down to 25%, and the corporate rate would lower to 20%, which is the highest the president says he would accept. The plan also eliminates the estate tax, which is affectionately referred to as the death tax that affects the transfer of properties and other assets after a person's death. In response to the proposed plan, Alicia Parlapiano and Jasmine Lee, writing for the New York Times, say, quote, tax cuts shrink over time for everyone but the richest, end quote. That's the title of their article. Things start off actually positively by saying, quote, while most taxpayers would benefit at least modestly, taxes would increase for others, particularly those with incomes of $150,000 to $300,000, end quote. People with that sort of income are normally those that Democrats wish to tax more anyway. However, there is also a graphic inserted right underneath that that begins to show that around the 95th percentile, uh, which is about $307,900, tax savings for that point forward would actually increase. So past that threshold, people would actually be paying less in taxes than what they pay now. Obviously, this is not what the Democrats want. However, right after they get done showing how awful this tax plan would be with their graphic that obviously proves beyond a doubt that Trump benefits most from his tax plan, they write, quote, these estimates could change significantly based on how policymakers fill in the details of the president's proposal. The analysts made several assumptions, end quote. Also, after making the claim that the plan would cost $2.6 trillion over the next 10 years, they write, quote, the Tax Policy Center analysis does not include the plan's potential impact on economic growth, end quote. Now let's talk some common sense. 
This article and the analysis done by the supposed bipartisan tax policy center is extremely misleading because of two major issues. For one thing, they don't take into account potential economic growth. And for the other, they make conjectures that are not based on any suggestions made by the president or his administration. When someone is looking 10 years down the line, it is important to consider economic impact. A lot can happen in 10 years. Keep in mind that just over this past quarter, the United States had GDP growth of 3.1%. If that continues or increases over the next 10 years, just imagine the amount of economic development and investment that would take place to offset those costs. Plus, if people end up doing well, they would realistically go up a tax bracket or two, which means they would end up paying more in taxes, which Democrats should want. Right? That's what they're all about. This will again further offset the proposed cost of the cuts. Also, when making estimates of this nature, it is important to know where exactly the boundaries are on the brackets. Otherwise, you might as well just keep quiet. Overall, common sense would say that Democrats should actually be in favor of this plan because it gives both Democrats and Republicans what they want in the long run. Republicans are able to cut taxes on the less fortunate and spur economic growth, which then leads them to move up in a tax bracket where they pay more. It is highly unlikely that everyone would just go right up to the top 1%, which combined with the fact that we have no idea where that boundary even is, or if the 35% figure will be the final number, we cannot accurately predict that once someone passes a certain threshold, they would pay less and less. Thank you for joining me on the first edition of the Common Sense American Podcast. To contact us here at the show uh, with questions or topics for future shows, please send an email to csamericanpodcast at gmail.com. Otherwise, my name is Nick. This has been the Common Sense American Podcast, and I will see you again next week.